Those who's, you know, compromise our heritage and our culture. Hi, good morning. After being so glamorously introduced by Mike, I'm, I'm just a simple policeman, that's all I am. And, and a law enforcer, and even though I'm retired, I'm still active in law enforcement in marine conservation. The thing that I need to talk about this morning is quite a controversial thing, and a lot of people will argue about it, but it's real. And it is the fact that organized crime does exist within the global marine fishery industry. And when I talk about organized crime, I'm not talking about the Chinese mafia poaching abalone or about the Taiwanese mafia shark finning. I'm talking about the godfathers of legal companies that are committing crimes in organized fashion and they are raping our oceans. Now, I had the privilege to investigate such a case whilst with the scorpions and uh, it related to a company called Hout Bay Fishing Industries, which was situated right here in our Cape Town Harbour. This company for the period from 1987 to the year 2001 raped our waters of lobster to the extent that they were exporting to the USA sister company 900 tons of illegal lobster a year. And it was busy depleting the resource. What had happened is that the company had been investigated priorly, but not in the fashion of an, seeing it and, or looking at it as an organized crime operation. And uh, the owner, Mr. Arnold Benjes, had the attitude that he would just pay everybody off, pay his fines and get away with it. We, as the Scorpions, put together a prosecution-driven investigation team and started in cooperation with our American counterparts, NOAA, with the Chinese police in Hong Kong, with the police in Singapore, putting together an international investigation. And it wasn't easy, because Benjes had bought off a whole office of marine and coastal management inspectors, and they were fully on his payroll, so all the records that our Marine and Coastal Management Department had were falsified. Nothing was correct. We had to rebuild fishing seasons with the information that we received from America. We had to rebuild basically totals of catch, totals of live fish exported and the totals of the illegal lobster tails that were exported to America. Now, Mr. Benzers was quite quietly sitting in America. We had another company called Icebrand and Icebrand Maine, and they distributed all his illegal fish for him very nicely, but he controlled the whole operation in South Africa to such an extent that in America, in his company's budget, he even budgeted per fishing vessel that he had in South Africa for bribes to pay to fishery officials. In the end of it, we finished the investigation and Mr. Benjes had to come back to South Africa to face the penalties. He entered into a plea bargain with the South African government, not on his, in his personal capacity, but 
more in the capacity of the company because he believed that if he entered into that plea bargain, he would get away with it. The company and the directors were fined uh, to the tune of about 40 million rand, which is a lot of money. All their fishing vessels were forfeited. Their company offices in the harbor were forfeited. Incidentally and ironically today, the Department of Environmental Affairs is situated in the same building. <laughs> yeah. Once the whole company was closed down, all his vessels forfeited, everything was taken away from him, I went across to America and assisted the NOAA officials in the investigation of all his crime there. Now, a lot of people thought, and he thought the same, that he would get away with a thing called double jeopardy, which would mean that he wouldn't be prosecuted in America because he was already prosecuted in South Africa. Unfortunately for him, the Americans have got an act called the Lacey Act. Lacey Act gives them jurisdiction to prosecute people in their country for abusing uh, conser conservated or con uh, uh, fishery products that are under conservation in South Africa. In America, Mr. Benjes, his son and other directors were found guilty and they were sent to prison. Mr. Benjes served four years there, his son served one year, and the other directors all served one year. Now one thinks that's a little time to serve, but there's still a last part to come to this. Because once he'd finished his prison term, he uh, came out of prison, and then the, a new court case started. This court case went about the fact of restitution to the South African government for the amount of lobster that he stole. In the end of 2009, and there's never been a decision in any court like this, Mr. Benjes and his son was compelled to repay the South African government with $62 million as restitution for all the lobster that he had stolen from our waters. And I think that was quite significant because never, never in, in the history of law enforcement has there been a court decision like that. The prosecution of Mr. Benzes in America under the Lacey Act was also very uh, um, <clears throat> a landmark thing because what had happened is in the 104 years existence of the Lacey Act, they had never gotten a prison sentence. Normally the Lacey Act ends up in a fine of between $100 and $100,000. This was the first time under the Lacey Act that every, anybody had ever been sent to serve prison sentence. Now, Arnie Benjes operated a legal company. He was a respected member of the community. He donated money to schools, to charity projects. Yet, he was busy with organized crime. And that is what I'm getting to. And a lot of fishing companies will not agree with me and they attack me on it. But there are still a lot of these godfathers out there running their little fishing companies but because they are greedy and they want money, they carry on with illegal, unregulated and unreported fishing. And it becomes organized crime because they do it in an organized fashion. They have to. And during that, they commit corruption. I had to arrest the whole Seapoint Office of Marine and Coastal Management. They all got sentenced. And it's just not worth it. Now, these guys are operating under the pretext that they are operating legally. They are not.
Some of them have a bit of a legal operation, and then there's some of them that really go out and just rape our oceans. Under the pretext, they've got quotas, they've got the rights, and they can do it. Now, my time is nearly up, so I need to just finish off, and I want to leave you with this idea, that if we do not start cooperating and have more of these international cooperated investigations in the world where we start attacking fish company owners or godfathers of fishery companies and investigate their international activities, we are very soon going to sit without a food resource in the ocean and our global marine resources are going to be depleted and we're going to sit with the sea with nothing in it. Thank you very much.